Amen. So we're pregnant with baby number six, and we went to the hospital this week to make sure everything's good and everything is good, um, except for when I went outside in the parking lot while Lokilani was doing her normal blood test. Uh, a truck came flying through the parking lot, and the passenger, there was a woman screaming, we're not going to take it, super loud out the window. And it was alarming. Because the hospital is a place that's supposed to be calm, serene. A lot of people are, are showing up there with really good news and with really bad news. And it's not, it's kind of like a library in that way. It's supposed to be quiet and simple. Um, and you're supposed to just care about the, what people are going through. And there's this term in our culture called main characters. And sorry, I was looking at the wrong camera, this camera. Main characters are people who are unconcerned with everyone else around them because everyone else around them are NPCs, non-playable characters. It's a video game term. And uh, this is kind of how this couple was acting. And they came inside and, and Lokilani overheard them saying that they just recently fell in love. They've been dating for a couple weeks. And um, I thought, yeah, that's cute, but it's not, it's not kind to act like a main character in public and to put others' needs beside aside. And so today that's what we're going to talk about. How is godly character built in us? Because um, when you are a person that's caring, loving, concerned about the people around you, you are a person that's also free. You're a person that's fun to be around. You're a person who's confident and doesn't need to, you know, add extra in their life in order to, you know, feel seen by others. And so how is godly character built? Let's get into it. The good news of Jesus Christ and how it applies to everyday life. I'm Lokelani, your host, and today my husband Alex is preaching about how to build godly character. We're looking at Matthew chapter 13, verses 1 through 9. Um, I'll be reading the ESV version. Alex will preach his message, and then we'll have a question and answer time at the end. That same day, Jesus went out of the house and sat beside the sea and great crowds, great crowds, excuse me, gathered around him so that he got into a boat and sat down and the whole crowd stood on the beach and he told them many things in parables saying, a sower went out to sow and as he sowed, some seeds fell along the path and the birds came and devoured them. Other seeds fell on rocky ground where they did not have much soil and immediately they sprang up since they had no depth of soil. But when the sun rose, they were scorched and since they had no root, they withered away. Other seeds fell among thorns and the thorns grew up and choked them. Other seeds fell on good soil and produced grain, some a hundredfold, some 60, some 30. He who has ears let him hear. Amen. So Lucy and Luke, our youngest kids, they've been sleeping through the night. And it's been nice because usually we wake up a couple times dur during the night and it's, you know, messes with your sleep. It messes with your, you know, if you worked out that day, your body and your muscles can't recover. Lokilani has been plowing the field of nighttime routine. And she's so consistent with it. Even when I don't want to be consistent, she's the one that's like, hey, you didn't read the Bible tonight to them. Hey, you didn't pray with them. Hey, you didn't put on Amen podcast for them, you know, before bed or tell them that you love them. Slow down. You know, 
I'm always like rushing to do the next thing, which usually is like, you know, work out or watch a show or something or read a book. But because she's plowed that field, Lucy and Luke are doing great now. They're sleeping great. And we get to glean that harvest because of that. So in today's video, we're going to talk about the who, what, when, where, why, and how of character. Because when it comes to character, our hearts have to be plowed, you know, in order for us to harvest something good out of it. And so who is Jesus talking to in this parable? Um, In this parable, he's referring to the religious crowd. Now, all through chapter 12, the crowds and the disciples, like it says in the first couple of verses, have encountered Jesus saying things about the religious crowd, talking to the religious crowd, the, the Pharisees, the pastors, the religious leaders, and saying things that they would not have thought the Messiah would ever say to people of their stature. When he's talking to the religious people, he's talking to us because we are churchy people. We are people who profess to know God just like they were. And so he's talking to us in this passage. Now, what is he talking about? He's talking about character. If you look at the four soils that he mentions, we're going to break down in a little bit, but I just want you to see how they're about character because it's not what the sower is doing. It's not what the seed is doing. It's what the soil is doing that creates a harvest. So back then, there's two ways to, to harvest and, and to throw out seed. The, the, pl- the sower would just throw it out onto the ground and let it take root. Or another way that you can do it is you can plow the field first, open up the earth, and then throw the seed in. This way, the sower is um, just throwing it out there. He's not plowing the field. And because he's doing it this way, we're going to be able to see the character of the four soils. In high school, I acted like a main character in the worst way. I um, There was this one family who was really close to my family, and they loved me. They, they opened up their home. I, I was able to you know hang out there a lot and make some good memories there. But I took their grace for granted. And I ended up like when I hung out over there, I spent the night over there, I would sneak out of the house. I would lie to them. I just treated them horribly and they didn't give me any reason to treat them this way. It was just my bad character of my heart. And character is how you respond to grace. Character is how you hear God. God's voice is a gracious voice always because God doesn't have to speak to us, but he does. How you respond to getting something that you do not deserve is your character. My character was revealed in how I responded to this family. Now, when is there going to be a change in our character? If you look at the last verse, Jesus says, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. He's saying that's when you'll know your character. That's when your character will change. If you have ears to hear, this word hear is very similar to the word um, in scripture, hearken. Hearken. Hearken means to pay attention to. This word here, right here, it means the same thing. Pay attention to. If you pay attention to your character, you pay attention to the soil of your heart, Mm -hmm. that's where the change starts. My son, uh, Amos, broke his mom's chain on, on her bike. They were all playing in the garage and, and somehow they, you know, got to the bikes and the chain popped off. It happens all the time. I did this when I was a kid too. Um, and he was afraid to tell me. And I, I heard someone say, the bike broke. 
And so he comes inside and he tells us, and I was like, listen, you don't play around with the bike. You don't like, you have your bike. You can play with your bike. Don't mess around with mom's bike. It's really hard to put the chain back on. And as I was telling him, you know, why we don't do these things, why we don't, you know, mess with things that aren't, that don't belong to us. He just took it. Like he was just wide eyed, his big eyes, big, beautiful eyes, looking back at me, smiling, shaking, uh, nodding his head and saying, okay, yes, I'm sorry. And I know kids who would be like, well, it wasn't my fault. This person did this. And, you know, they put it like that and shift the blame or blow up and get defensive, get angry. Um, I know kids who act like that. Amos doesn't act like that. Why? He's learned over the years through our discipline, he's learned how to hearken. He's learned how to pay attention to what we're actually saying. Mm -hmm. And because of that, he, he gets to experience the harvest of the grace and the mercy that I get to extend to him, mm -hmm. you know, because of how he's paying attention. If we learn to be like that, then we'll be able to see a change in our character. Now, where is this going to happen? And this is where we're going to get into the four characters that we see that Jesus mentions. Not in depth, like the next uh, two sermons are going to be referring to this parable, the next two episodes, but just a 35,000 foot view of these four characters, um, because they're going to tell us where the change happens. It happens below the roots. Because look at the first one. The sower went out to sow. He threw some on the path. This path could have been two things. Uh, back then, they had paths that went through went through the people's uh, fields to divide. So the Johnson's fields over here, the Smith's fields over here, there's a path through the middle. Could have been that. It also could have been that uh, people just started walking through Mr. Smith's farm and because so many people have taken that same path, it's hardened to the ground and now there's a path there. So the sower was either way reclaiming this path by throwing the seed there. He's saying, hey, Mr. Johnson, this path is actually on my property or you knuckleheads walking through my field, no more, this is my path. This is my field that you're, that you're walking on. He's reclaiming that. Mm -hmm. Either way, what happens? The birds come and eat. The birds come and eat the seed that are on the path. Why? The path is hard. The seed can't get down to the roots. This is a person of no character. The seed doesn't take root at all. It doesn't go in the ground at all. That means there's going to be no harvest. That means there's no character in this person. Mm -hmm. The next one is a person of shallow character. What happens? The seed goes into the ground, but there's an underlying hard layer of limestone is what they had back then. And so the seed goes into the ground, it sprouts up quickly because the top soil is good, but the underneath soil is hard. It's hitting rock. Mm -hmm. It can't get down into the roots. So it's worthless. This is a person of shallow character. This is a person that has a little shiny top layer of character, but it's shallow. It doesn't go very deep. If you really give them criticism, if you really look deep into their heart, if you really spend a little more than 10 minutes with them, you'll start to see how shallow their character is. The next one is a person of fake character, fake character or superficial char character. Mm -hmm. What happens in this passage, it says, um, other seeds fell among the thorns and the thorns grew up and choked them. So this seed actually goes into the ground 
starts to make some roots, grows up, and the thorns around it choke it out. They either take uh, all the space so the roots can't spread out, uh, the plant can't move, it, the thorns block the sun. Whatever happens, it chokes out the thorns. Mm -hmm. This is a person who is only growing if there's no distractions around. This is a person whose character is only intact if there's nothing to choke it out. This is a person who has character until a girl walks into the room, a girl that they are lusting after. This is the right person that has character until um, more, off, more money is offered to be made. Uh, this is a person of character until someone who's smarter walks in the room, someone that's better looking walks into the room. And then what happens? Their character chart starts to get choked out by the distractions around them. Lastly, good character. And this is what I wish I had when I worked at a hardware store back in high school. I was probably about 15. My parents thought it was a good idea that I, you know, work a, I think it was a summer job. And at this hardware store, there was a bathroom. In the bathroom, there was an inappropriate calendar in there. And that's where I wanted to be as an unsaved 15-year-old. I wanted to be staring at that calendar in the bathroom away from everybody. When I wasn't in the bathroom, I was not following orders well. Boss would say, sweep up the dust. I'd sweep the dust under the shelves. Boss would say, put these things away. I would put them away, but I wouldn't organize them. Uh, boss would tell me something. I would, look the, I would listen, look the other way, and scowl. I was a man, a young man of no character. Mm. I was shallow at times, you know, hey, welcome to the hardware store. I was nice. You know, I had these little moments of sprouting up, being nice, but I was shallow because it didn't last long. Uh, I had good character unless there was something I thought was more worth my time, better to do. You know, at the times my character was choked out by those things. Um, there was times where I just showed absolute no character at all, mm. like the seed on the path. Now, there's been a change in my heart. And so why do we need this to happen? Because we want that change. That change means harvest. We have some Monsera leaves, the big leaves. They're called cheese, Swiss cheese plants. You know, sometimes they have the, the big green plants with holes in them. And um, you might've seen it in the podcast a couple of times. And I learned that if you cut those, you know, they, you can just pretty much stick them in the ground and they'll grow. They're amazing. You have to cut them at the right spot. And I put some on the outside of our house, on the, the, the sun facing side of our house and they got scorched and they just withered. But I put some under the awning of our house and they're huge now. They've just, I mean, they've multiplied like crazy, you know, and it's beautiful. Mm -hmm. And they're just growing bigger and bigger and bigger. And the bigger they grow, the more beautiful they look. It's amazing. And that is such a good feeling. When I go out there and I'm watering them, I remember when I had just a couple of them and they were just at the roots and how they've taken root. And they're these beautiful plants that the, 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 the face of the plant is like an umbrella that just rolls the water off into the roots at the same time, protecting the roots that are tender and delicate from getting scorched by the sun. It was really beautifully made. And that's something that you only see when... You've looked below the roots when you've plowed. And the reason why we want that is because we want that feeling of looking at our life, just like I'm able to look at these Monseras and say, wow, look at the change. Wow, look at the growth. 
Wow, look at the beauty. Now, how do we get that? We have to be replowed because honestly, you and I both know we are like the first three character soils. We don't have good character. We don't have the good soil. There's only one that does. It's Jesus. And so unless our hearts are replowed and the sower is able to throw the seed into the earth of our hearts, then we're not going to see a change. That same family that I told you about earlier that we, that I was acting like a main character around and, and hurting them, they are some of our biggest supporters today with the podcast. Why? They've seen my heart replowed. How does your heart get replowed? You have to see that Jesus was plowed on the cross. Wait, I thought you just said Jesus was good soil. He is good soil. He's the only good soil. And yet he was still plowed. He was uprooted. He was dried out, scorched by the wrath of God. He was, you know, metaphorically eaten away by the birds of wrath, by the birds of sin and death. He literally had a crown of thorns pressed into his skull. It was his, his, his scalp being choked out by thorns. Mm. And lastly, the Bible tells us he was the seed that was thrown into the earth and buried for three days and rose to new life. Mm. And now from him and the fruit of his labor, we get life. He is the new tree of life yeah. that was treated as just this little insignificant, unimportant seed by his murderers, by the religious leaders, mm. by us. And yet he rose to new life, new life. And now we eat of his fruit. Yeah. And what makes this good seed, Jesus, what makes him so miraculous is if you look at the second to last verse, it says the good, the other seeds fell on good soil and produced grain, some a hundred some 60, some 30 fold. What is that talking about? Back then, if you were to throw seed out and got six to eight plants of grain from that one seed, that was good. If you got 10 grains of, of grain plants from one seed, that would have been crazy, like phenomenal. For Jesus to say this seed produced a hundredfold, 60, 30, that was unheard of. That was absolutely, that w- it would take a miracle. And that's because that's the power of good soil. He's showing us that bad character, bad soil will always give you back way less than you think. Surely the other seeds, the religious leaders, the religious crowds, you and I, surely we know how bad, no, we don't know how bad we are, but surely we know we're not good soil, but I know I'm going to get something back. And that's not true. If you don't have good character, you don't have good soil, you're going to get nothing back. You're going to get always less than you think. But if you have good soil, you will get more than you can imagine. The reason why this good soil is Jesus is because we are here because he was the seed that was thrown into the earth. The effects of Jesus's harvest after he rose are astronomical. They're exponential. This is why he likens the kingdom of God to a mustard seed. 
because of mustard seeds, they grow up and they explode. They get huge, but these tiny seeds do that. It's a picture of Jesus, a picture of the kingdom of God. Hundredfold, 60, 30 fold. And you will have this kind of harvest when you have his character inside of you. You'll have, you know, we we know that we are not responsible for the effects of Amen Podcast. We know is all Jesus because we know in our own character, we couldn't have produced anything as great as this community. Mm-hmm. It's not us. It's the character of Jesus that produces 160, 30 fold. I'm able to sit here up above my garage where we do house church every single week. The same message that you're hearing right now, we get to preach it live because you guys support us. I don't have to, um, I can spend copious amounts of hours in the book studying commentary, studying what other teachers and preachers are saying about this. I can edit, I can do it all. Why? Because you guys are the 160, 30 fold harvest in our life that allows us to keep on throwing out the seed of the good news to others' hearts. And it's just having a greater impact every year. I think we're at over like 200 videos on our Amen podcast channel, but you know, technically this is probably episode 105-ish or something like that, or no, 111 or 12, because we didn't start calling it Amen podcast until we got, you know, to our hundredth live stream or something like that. Um, but it's just nuts that we're able to do this. And it's because of the character of Jesus, because Jesus was the seed that rose. You will rise to a new harvest in your life. You'll see a harvest rise in your life when you trust in him, but it, only if you trust in him, if you trust in anything else, you're going to end up being like the good character, the good, the bad character of these other soils. Um, you won't know that your heart is hard and that the seed is just bouncing off your heart. You won't know that you're, that you're, uh, the depth of your soil is shallow. You won't know that you're being distracted by the things around you unless you hearken like what Amos was doing. You pay attention to your heart. Sometimes it's hard to pay attention. This is why you need other people in your life. This is why you need community. This is why you need friends. Because if you are left alone to guess the character of your own soil, you will always get it wrong. Why? Because you are, what's it called when you, um, oh, bias. You're biased to your own soil. You need someone else. Mm -hmm. The word of God and the community of believers to help you look at it. So the question is, how has God changed your character? How has God changed your character? Let's pray and then uh, we'll answer that together. Father God, thank you so much for how you're teaching us, how you're plowing our hearts. Lord, we pray that you uh, would not stop, Lord, that you would just keep on raking up the rocks and the thorns in our hearts so that we... Um, can glean a harvest um, like Jesus. And we pray, God, that um, we wouldn't care about the harvest monetary value, but rather what's going to last forever, which is the spiritual value of it. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. This is the part of the episode called After the Amen, where we ask you a question to help apply this message to your life. And as Alex said, our question for you today is, how has God changed your character? How has God changed your character? And I'll go first as always. Um, Yeah, I mean, I see who I was before Christ, like in all of those soils, Um, just like Alex was explaining kind of with his hardware store job illustration. (laughs) Um, yeah, I see like times in my life where, um, 
you know, the worries of the world or something more attainable to me um, choked up like the fruit in my life or my character. Mm -hmm. And I've seen in other ways where I didn't really care. You know, I just took what I could kind of like the first soil. And I also saw other ways where, um, you know, I would sprout out real fast and be so excited after camp or something like that in high school. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, get back to my normal routine and right back to square one, sometimes worse. (laughs) Um, And so, yeah, before Christ, I see all of these things evident in my life um, and as a temptation, even in, you know, life with Christ now as a believer, like those little, if I'm not submitted to him daily, I can see these things trying to um, attack my character. Um, But thankfully there's grace in the Lord, but yeah, it wasn't until he saved me that I was able to produce the character that I always wanted to. And I tried to attain on my own, but I think what it was before is one, I didn't truly understand the gospel, that it wasn't by works and it was by faith alone. And that faith is a gift. So he had to give it to me. He opened my eyes in his time, as well as I chose to see (laughs) when he opened my eyes, you know, I chose to look, I mean, it's a better way of, of describing it. Um, but I think before just knowing, you know, growing up in a Christian home before I was a Christian, I think I wanted the benefits of understanding. And that was one thing I was reading in the commentary is like the disciples didn't really know how to understand when he started speaking in parables, but they wanted to. Mm -hmm. So, you know, they were, they wanted to understand and that's why they continued to follow him. Right. Um, and I think you know, before I would probably say, oh yeah, I want to understand, but I think I wanted the benefits of understanding and not actually desiring to understand and doing the work that it takes to understand. I'm not saying working for your salvation, but what I'm saying is like contemplating on what the word of God is saying, contemplating on what the gospel really means. Like I have to see myself as a sinner who, who crucified Christ. Yet I also have to see that he lovingly did that despite my sin. (laughs) And that's what truly changed me. And that's what truly gave me the character that I was longing for, for many years. And I had no power to attain. And yeah, so um, yeah, practically, I think just living a life that is more obedient, you know, living a life that trust in his promises and goes against the grain of what culture says. Like we got married very quickly. We got married and then we decided to have children. You know, we decided not to stop ourselves from having children and we got pregnant right away. And then we, instead of like, Oh, let's just have like this one. And then we'll wait since like, that was crazy. You know, we had a baby so quick and, but we decided to continue, you know, and we decided to, leave jobs and to start this ministry, um, that is all ways that he changed our character uh, by instilling that confidence to follow and obey him. Um, yeah. And like one last thing I liked about what you said was like the end of like Jesus was the seed who rose and like thinking of how he was buried, Mm -hmm. um, for three days and then he rose. And I just, like love how I'm not exactly sure where um, in the Old Testament, I believe that Jesus is described as like the Rose of Sharon. Mm -hmm. 
and a, a Sharon is like a plane or a fertile plane. And he, like he's described as the rose of Sharon. So this beautiful rose that comes out. And I just thought that was kind of like a cool rose. Yeah. Rose. <laughs> it's just yeah. Like a cool image. Yeah. Um, so I just felt like it. I did that on purpose. Okay. <laughs> it's all the rap I listened to. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. That's so cool. Cause you know, Sharon like fertile refers to as, you know, plain, but good soil, mm -hmm. but it looks like there's nothing there. Yeah. And then, um, he is the rose that, you know, is so contrasted against this plain background yeah. is this beautiful red rose, you know, that just pops up mm -hmm. and, um, you know, the red with the blood and everything, yeah. you know, scripture is so cool. But I love what you were saying. I, I was talking to a guy yesterday at the beach. He was admiring how big our family was. And he was mm -hmm. saying that when he was a kid, if you had two people in your family, two kids, I mean, a family of four, you were seen as the weird family back then. And I thought that was interesting because now we're, there's so many different ways to do contraceptives, so many ways to stop child, a child from coming. Um, but, you know, it's not biblical. You know, we were going to, we went to her doctor's appointment for the baby and on the wall, they have all the different ways of contraceptive. And I, I guarantee people go there and they're like, next time I'm doing that, you know, and it's, he told us to be fruitful and multiply. And so I think though, when we look at our family, we're reminded of how different we really are um, and how he's changed our character from just being self-centered and selfish to what you're saying, you know, laying down our life. Yeah. It's beautiful. Yeah. Laying down our life. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, I think, yeah, like we just, we desire comfort in America and that's like the whole problem with the prosperity gospel. It's like, okay, get saved and life is amazing. Right. But that's not, that's not what we're called to. Life yeah. is going to be full of suffering and it's an honor to suffer with Christ. Mm -hmm. So it's supposed to be hard and there's joy in in like pushing through those hard moments. That's how we grow, continue to grow in our character. You know, like Jesus changes our life when we finally see, um, but we have to continue to grow in our character. That's the process of sanctification. So we're, we're not going to be perfect and life is not going to be perfect right away. And one way that we really have grown is through choosing to have kids and having a lot of them. And there's so much joy and blessing from that because that's what, Jesus calls them as a blessing and um, yeah. There's so many parallels between that with like just, you know, you know, seed and, and, you know, kids and being fruitful. Like there's so many parallels. There's, there's no, there's so many things, you know, and, and then we are the seed of Adam, you know, and that's why there's sin in our lives because, you know, sin just multiplies throughout the man's seed mm -hmm. and Jesus um, is the seed of God, you know? And so his mother is human, but his, his dad is God. He's a hundred percent God. And so that bad seed stopped, you know, before he was born, like it stopped with, you know, Joseph, his uh, stepdad, his adopted dad. And so he doesn't have the sin in him at all. And, and that's why he's good seed. That's why he's good soil. That's why he's, you know, nothing but good comes from him. And so there's so many parallels, but yeah, I think when you, like you're saying, when you start a family, it's just a picture of that. Yeah. And, um, we're able to look at our family and see such a harvest, 
you know, and God may not be asking you to start a family, but he is asking you to be a part of a family and to multiply his family Mm -hmm. through the kingdom of God. Everyone that's a Christian is called to be fruitful and multiply by, you know, increasing the children of God, whether you're married or, you know, whether you can have kids or not, that's all of our job. You know, and when you go to church with your friends and your family, when you look at your physical family Mm -hmm. and you're able to see the harvest standing right in front of you, that is, you know, part of what this is talking about, you know, that you get to sit around the table and you get to pray and read together um, or sit around at church together and talk and hug each other and remember, you know, Mm -hmm. who that person was a year ago to you. Uh, It's a beautiful thing. And so grateful for this. And we can't wait to see how God has changed your character and your life. Let us know. Yeah. And uh, you want to say anything else? Yeah, I was just going to add one last thing. I think, you know, as a believer, if you're kind of like, man, I'm having a hard time like seeing like what the soil of my heart is like. And um, like if I'm growing in my character. And one thing I heard recently, this is just, this is not the only way, but this I think is one indicator mm-hmm. of if you're growing or maturing in Christ, I heard a quote recently in a podcast that said like a good sign of maturity is how quickly you're able to return to joy, not happiness, joy, which is unsinkability, right? Mm-hmm. Um, after experiencing disappointment. And I thought that, wow, yeah, that's a great way because when we look at the, what is it? The thorny soil, like um, the cares of the world or like the, distractions of the world quickly, um, choke it out, mm-hmm. you know? And that reminded me of, wow, like that's one way, like where like, you know, my, the soil of my heart might not be good if I'm like wallowing and in, mm-hmm. in disappointment for too long and not preaching the gospel back that's to myself so and returning to joy, yeah. which is only found in Christ, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's exactly what I meant by when I said like character is how you respond to grace. Mm-hmm. You know, because grace is like something that you don't deserve. So if someone is giving you positive criticism, that's not, you don't deserve that. Mm -hmm. It's, that's a gift because they could just allow you to stay rotten or stay with that bad character. So they love you enough to tell you and how you respond to that is your character. Um, When someone gives you a gift, do you say, oh, thank you very much. And then try to figure out how you can pay them back. No, it's a gift. Mm -hmm. You know, you don't, uh, there's no debt. Like person's not putting you in their debt Mm -hmm. by giving you a gift. Um, And so how do you respond to grace? You know, how do you respond? Mm -hmm. Uh, That's your character. And like Mm -hmm. you're saying, like if you're feeling disappointed because you feel like you've let someone down in some way after someone has graciously told you a certain, you know, a certain something, then, uh, like, like Lokalani, how long is it going to take you to get back to joy? Yeah. You know, if, if you become embittered, mm. you know, if you become, uh, if it just wrecks you completely, you don't understand the gospel. Mm-hmm. You don't understand. There's absolutely nothing that you could do to separate you from the love of God. Yes. There's absolutely nothing anyone in your life could do to separate you from the love of God. So, you know, someone being disappointed with you should not rock your world. Because ultimately God is not disappointed with you because you're in Christ. And so we should be able to walk away from that and return to joy, you know, mourn, of course, over what we've done, but we should be able to be able to return to joy rather quickly and be comforted. Um, 
that's a sign of, of good soil. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Really good stuff. Love you guys. Pray this helps. Yes. Like, subscribe, rate, review, donate, uh, amenpodcast.com. And that means a lot to us. We love you so much. We'll see you in the next. Until then, go out and be the church. Amen.